The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so without further ado then, this is the Homance Chronicles, and I am Sarah. And I'm Nicole. And we've already shared some giggles with our fun guests that we have with us. And I am so excited to talk to her about some topics that we've actually never talked about on the show before. So first of all, I want to say that she's a proud Navy vet, so thank you. Yes, thank you. And then we'll go into the fact that you are super entrepreneur, you're a mindset coach, motivational speaker, author, um, you know, cute wearing glasses wearer. <laughs> Welcome, Coach D. Yay. It is, you know what, Sarah and Nicole, it seems like I've known you guys forever because we just started out giggling mm-hmm. and laughing and it's 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 gonna be a fun hour yeah <laughs> yeah I hope so I was excited when um our paths crossed and that we finally were able to get this on the schedule because mm-hmm. you dabble in areas well maybe dabble is um underplaying it but you actually go into like hypnosis and um like spiritual coaching and i am so fascinated by that world and like past lives yep and so we kind of touched on this before we started like getting into the show um but you were saying you know how sarah and i maybe had some past souls kind of alignment right yeah so how do you like how do you recognize that yeah, tell us about that if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Look, uh, when I, um, I, I'm an energy reader, so I'm an empathic. I can feel things. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever watch Star Trek, um, yeah. the Next Generation, and um, Valana? I think that was her name. She was like the ship's uh, empath. Like okay. she would just know things okay. without people telling you. So, um. It, it, she didn't read minds and she wasn't psychic. She would just feel them. And so you're not I'm, connected to spirit, right? You're not communing with those. Who well, passed, well you, you are, um, mm. because that's part of the, the spiritual part of us. Mm-hmm. So we are a, um, we have duality, meaning that we're, um, the spirit in a human body, the human is connect. The human part is connected to the earth and the spiritual body. Uh, part is connected to the astral planes. Mm-hmm. So both of those dwell within who we are. You know, that, you know, so we, cool. we have to have this body for the the spirit to um, commune with. So for some people who have either chosen or they just have a natural ability to connect with both parts. And if you guys are, f- are familiar with the chakra system, the seven mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. centers, well, the lower three are all earthly um, chakras. The upper three connect to the higher wisdom, the higher plane to source energy and everything. The heart connects the two. So when you open up to that, um, either like I said, some people just are born in, born in and just they just never lose it. Mm-hmm. Because when we incarnate, we for, our job is to forget what we knew before so that we can learn the lessons 
on the earth plane, when, right. you know, that we've come to learn. Right. Um, so, but some people never lose, um, never forget. They just are automatically connected. And some people as, you know, at different uh, times in their life, they open up, they open up and um, they awaken as people say. So when I see, when I'm feeling the two of you, there's definitely a connection that has been there for lifetimes. So that's why I asked you, how did you guys meet each other? Because I could tell, it was, yeah, it was <laughs> if you guys still see no what Sarah's deal. doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing such pose, y'all. I'm just so, it's, it was fate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was replicating our senior photos, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so so I knew that you guys have been connected for other lifetimes and and I was talking about soul groups mm -hmm. and so what it's a, it's a whole nother podcast you guys have, have to have me right, on right, right. that so most people just think about soulmates hey this is the person I'm supposed to have a romantic relationship with that's not what necessarily what a soulmate is a soulmate is someone who has agreed with you to challenge you and to um help you carry out what your plan was for the lifetime and it's not just one person we have groups that you that you've been um created and placed together and you go through different lifetimes together and have these experiences together so you're always in each other's orbit and you're going to touch base with that person from from lifetime to lifetime in some capacity and I just felt that with the two of you. <clears throat> that is the best. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> just continues to validate our friendship. <laughs> We're doing it right. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting because a lot of people tell us that we're very like yin and yang and, and mm -hmm. we know that we're very I, opposite. Yep. Um, but it just comes together and works, even though yeah. like we probably drive each other crazy, but <laughs> it's, it's but a that's balancing. How, that's what makes you grow because yeah. in the yin yang, right, there's the, um, the white dot inside the black mm -hmm. and the black dot inside the white. And what that means is there's the potential for light in the darkness and the potential for darkness in the light. So that's why it's a balance. Okay. And I see that with the two of you. Like I saw that right away because Sarah's, you know, um, she's bubbly and, and what I would call a blue and Nicole, you seem more structured. Yeah. And like, like, let's get this done. We need to start this podcast, <laughs> which I would call a, a red. Yeah. Yeah. That's really that's yeah. accurate. <laughs> Nicole, yeah. I'm your black dot. <laughs> Sarah, I'm your white dot. Nice. <laughs> And you so, need each other. Fun. You do really need each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I say yeah. it all the time. Nicole taught me how to be a good friend. I didn't know what it was to be an actual friend, to have a, a not toxic, mm. even if it wasn't toxic meant to be. But like, you know, I, I just had those toxic behaviors and then people could have taken advantage of me. I had no idea. But like Nicole made me stop and think like, oh, this person's investing her time and efforts into me. And I'm not she's not getting anything back out of me except for my time. So I should put effort in too. So like I learned yeah. what it was like to create a real true connection after meeting her. Beautiful. Straight up. Beautiful. I know. She says, And Nicole, how does that make you feel? I know. I know. It, 
Well, she says it all the time, and every time she says it, yeah. I still get uh, blown away, you know, and I still get, like, goosebumps by it because it's such a high compliment, mm-hmm. and um, it's not something that I consciously did, you know? And it could have been perceived many other ways, but she chose to perceive it that way, and so, like, I'm grateful, and... Um, you know, just to like counterbalance again, like Sarah was uh, somebody who came into my life when I needed to have fun and be more loose and not be so structured, right? And that's so, what do. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's pretty amazing that you're able to pick up on this so quickly and. Um, that you have so much, you know, knowledge about past lives because I oftentimes wonder, like, when you meet people, there's certain people you just have, like, this in- initial immediate connection, and you're like, I sw- it feels like I've known you. And for me, um, it takes a little bit longer to open up to people or to, like, let them into my kind of sphere, right? Mm-hmm. And so if somebody comes in and I have some sort of, like, instant connection, I'm like, do, did we know each other before? Yeah, that's just an instant um, yeah. rapport. Have we done this before? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I probably, I probably have, I'm in an overlapping group of yours because I feel like I know you guys. <laughs> it's like, another group over there. If you want to know more about this kind of thing, um, there's a book. There's two books called The Journey of Souls and The Destiny of Souls. Love and it's with a hypnotherapist that worked with people um, in their life between lives. Like that was his thing. He used hypnosis to con- um, for them to connect to those memories of them when they weren't in body. So there's a lot of information um, with that. And, and, and as a transpersonal hypnotherapist, I learned a lot from that to help my clients who wanted to do past life regression and life between life. So the difference between the two is a past life is when you're actually in a in another life, in a body and having um, an experience. The life between life, you are not in a body, is you are in your, um, you haven't been incarnated, you are in spirit. So you can take those, um, you can do that. There's always between the lives, it's your planning stage where you plan I'm going to go and I'm going to be this kind of person and do these kind of things. And I need people to help me. I need other souls to help me with it. And so the souls agree together that they're going to do things with and for each other. That's wonderful. So you raised your hand, Sarah. Yes. I'm calling on you. (laughs) I'm practicing practicing listening. (laughs) So yes, Sarah, you're called on. And today has been especially difficult. (laughs) The question I have, so I've heard numerous different things that you can say, like, um, you know, what life you're on, or um, the other thing is that you, like, uh, you have about 13 of them, and then kind of things just kind of reset and get to do it all over again. So I'm curious to know from, like, you know, the advertisements because spirituality and astrology and all of these things are becoming so like, you know, trendy and whatever. What are the things that people can do to like l- know what's real and what's not when it comes to these types of things where people are like, oh, pay me $5 and I'll give you a reading about your soulmate. Like, don't, right? 
<laughs> well, okay. So f first thing, um, I would just do my research. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of free information that you don't have to pay for in the form of books. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like those, if you want to know about past lives, get those two books that I just mentioned, and then you can have your own experience. You know, by Journey of Souls and, and Destiny of Souls. Okay. Journey of Souls is the first one and Destiny of Souls is the second one. And they're excellent books for learning about um, life between lives. Now, it doesn't talk a lot about past lives because past lives are what you plan, are what you, you plan and they're um, specific to each person and what they plan to learn. So I haven't, I, w I don't really buy into that you get 13 times because that's not okay. what my experience has been when I work with clients or what I've, my research has turned up. People move okay. and, and even in the spirit world, we learn at different rates. There's accelerated paths. For example, souls that come into the world with um, disabilities, multiple disabilities have chosen those because they're, they're learning things at an accelerated path. You, the more difficult your life is, the more you're going to learn in that lifetime. And souls have free will. You know, some of them don't want to, um, they may not want to come back to earth or whatever other plane, because there's other planes that you can learn on besides earth. Um, earth is just one of the most difficult places, but you learn the fastest here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I actually love about yeah. that is, you know, some people are like, why was I born into this situation? Right. Or um, they may keep a victim mentality instead of deciding to change it, or they may be constantly looking for um, why certain adversities were put on them. And when you talk about it from this perspective, it's like you didn't do the choosing necessarily. Like you're just the... Well, you did. Well, I mean, you did the choosing, but like you... Um, you didn't consciously post birth decide. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, <laughs> I remember having a past life regression. And, and um, so the practitioner that was doing it, we went through three past lives and I was black in all three of them. And two of them, I was a black male and I was pissed when <laughs> I finished. I was like, I was black again. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, at, it's, it's hard being a black person in America. Yeah. And so, and at that time it was doing like one of the, um, the lives as a, as a black male, I was hanged during prohibition because um, I had some hooch. I, I used to make hooch <laughs> and sell it, you know, and I was selling it, but everybody was doing it, but you know, be, the rules were different. Yep. for you know for blacks and 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 whites so um and i was mad i remember being upset when i came out of there for for one thing 
the practitioner didn't really, she was new because I would never let somebody come out of the lifetime being angry. All of that stuff that needs to be left there because if you come back angry, you, you didn't learn. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, but I've been doing this for 20 years now. So I've learned so much on what not, you know, what not to do. But at that time, um, which was before I even was a hypnotherapist, I was just going through, I was experiencing things because I've always had a curiosity about them. So it was just like, okay, she's going to put us in hypnosis. And it was a big group, which I, which is another thing when I do group, um, past lives, I, the intention is for everybody to go to past lives that they enjoyed, that there wasn't drama or trauma, because if you have gone to a past life where there was drama or trauma and you haven't healed that before you came back, you'll come back mad like I did. Yeah. So, so, but when I'm doing one-on-one, I know how to help the person through that, you know? So, okay, this theme, I would, would say, okay, Sarah, what was this theme? And, and you could say, well, I was a black woman and I was a maid and they treated me badly and I'm mad about that. So I would work with you because I know how to do um, core transformation. That's what it's called to bring you back to love. Okay. So everything goes back to love, letting go, because um, you don't want to bring that back with you into this present life. So it's more than just going to explore there. It is, yeah. you know, if you got if you got shot in the heart with an arrow and you always have um, chest pain, that could be associated with something um, from the past life. So if we went back to that life, I can help you with the healing process so that you don't bring that um, bring that back to this to your current lifetime because there's always like a little some residual or some things that could have been unsettled or not uh, resolved then i'm here for that yeah and so people can tap into the past lives through hypnosis or yeah how um, past, um hip, hypnosis is one of the ways that people um get to explore past lives some people do them spontaneously through dreams you know when they explore explore these things but hypnosis is a deliberate way to go that we are going to that state um, because there's different states of hypnosis you know there's deep and there's um, medium and then there's light and they're used for different things for a past life we would go deep And then I would bring you up to a medium state where you can communicate with me because you're the one that's going to be doing all of the talking. I'm the facilitator, you know, meaning I would say to you, um, wrap your arms around your body and get a sense of if you're male or female. Then I would say, Nicole, do you feel male or female? And then you would answer. Right. Okay. No. And then, and then I would say, you know, what, what do you see? And you would answer because, um, when we're doing it in a group, no one's talking because so when I do it in a group, um, I bring them in and out of hypnosis. So mm-hmm. I'll put in one lifetime, I'll guide them through, then I'll bring them out of hypnosis and so they can journal. Then I'll put them back into hypnosis so they can go to the next life and then bring them out so they can journal. And then How bring do people feel after this experience? I mean, I know you said that Excited. you were angry because of yeah. something 
unsettled things. But like, it sounds to me like some people might be, I don't know, exhausted because it could be an emotional journey or some people might be like super fired up that they learned so much. I mean, is it all over the board? It's different um, for different people. So like I said, when I do it in a group, because I know that I won't be, I won't be able to help them through any trauma. We set the intention that they're going to have, they're going to experience a pleasant life. So if the life was pleasant, they come back feeling good. Yeah. And out of all, on all of them, what I explained to people in the beginning is I said, okay, two things. If it's, if it's one-on-one, I go, you can set an intention that you want to find something out. So like you guys, the two of you could, could do it and say, I want to know other lives that I, that I've known um, Sarah or um, Nicole. I want to know those other lives where we were, um, that we knew each other. So that's a a direct intention. Or you could say, Every single life except for now. <laughs> Fucking couple. Or you could say, I just want to <laughs> explore and whatever comes up. So I never say that when it's a group. I say, set the intention that you'll have, um, that you'll exp- go to lives that you um, that you enjoy because I'm not going to be able to work with you on an issue. Mm-hmm. Because if it was a pleasant life, some people just have, you know, what did you do in this lifetime? They were just like, it was just a simple life. You know, um, it was just, they weren't kings or it was just a simple life. I was a farmer. Yeah, nothing. No, I, you know, that was just simple. So it I wasn't anything great. Yeah. believe I was a bougie bitch back then and now. So I'm pretty. Brave. <laughs> Royalty. Yeah. <laughs> now you're stuck in this club body. Yeah. Yes. So do you, do you do this? Um virtually remotely yeah 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 all of my appointments are they've been remote since november 20 no november shit see i told you i'm glad the 20 was over Um, (laughs) fuck that bitch yep she was not nice (laughs) (laughs) she she was not nice she came in she was mad she had attitude <laughs> the whole year. <laughs> yeah, something. So I started doing remote like a year before because my clients are all around the world. That's cool. So I would just go to my office and then then get online. So I learned how to do hypnosis without having to touch people. But I still I still would see people in office where, you know, I would do a different kind of induction, you know, induction means just putting them into hypnosis and testing where I would touch them, like touch them on their forehead or or do an arm drop or something. But I learned how to do those things online. So um, when girlfriend came in in 2020, she didn't affect me at all, (laughs) except (laughs) she didn't affect my business. She affected me, but not my business. So I was still able to um, do hypnosis like I normally do. Was 2020 yeah. on your calendar of events of like, do not schedule for like the whole year? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> there were some good things that happened in 2020. You yeah. just, you oh, yeah? to find yourself to be grateful for them. You yeah. know, I learned, a, I, I think that personally for this podcast, we've done 2020 was an exceptional year for us mm-hmm. in terms of like, 
learning about ourselves and who we are, but then like having a group to grow with and like having access yeah. to like, you who teach us these wonderful things. We get to have these amazing conversations. Like I'm thankful for 2020 for that reason, mm. but that's one of the only ones. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's everything has a lesson or a blessing in it. So I know I'm kidding with you guys when I was like, you know, 20, you know, 20, um, 20 was a bitch. Um, and I'm glad that bitch is gone. You know, I, I just, I, I say that because for a lot of people, I lost my brother, you know, to oh, call it. Yeah. I'm you know, so I lost two family members and that, and I couldn't attend the funeral. Right. So that makes me sad. Um, but I do. But because I do transpersonal hypnosis, I understand that this is not his end. It is his transition. But I still would have liked to have been there with my family and not have to be in mask and not, you know, be um, afraid and always watching out for some virus to come and, and right. take you and all of that stuff. So um, I understand that people are leaving the planet and they left the planet in groups last year yeah you no know, whole soul groups were leaving like families yeah were just you know we're, we're leaving like that but that's the choice that they made as souls to exit at that time got it i have a question um yes. so when soul decides to leave and like they're the first one to leave out of their group their soul group do they wait for everybody or do they just kind of kick off a new lifetime and that's it how just they, depends on the part it depends on the soul Okay. Because it depends on the soul. And here's why newer souls need more care because they're new, you know, they mm -hmm. haven't been through this, uh, um, these incarnations over and over. So someone or some, uh, a being will be there to help them more evolved souls or souls that have been through this longer. They may not need someone to meet them. That they just like look this is old hat i know i know what i need to do that's how i feel like i'm gonna be like <laughs> sitting there like waiting. Who, just like well just going on to my next thing yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. be because i don't <laughs> feel like like i don't fear death like other people do like i'm not saying that i'm trying to die right now but it's just like <laughs> if it's my time to go i believe that i can make peace with it and say, okay, it's my time. And I say that because, you know, I, I've been through a can I've been through breast cancer. So that was a really scary time for me. And I, I was just like, okay, is this where I exit? Is this what I do? So I've already made peace with death. And I and it wasn't my time to go at that time. Yeah. But at between and it's been eight years. So from eight eight, eight years of learning all the things I know about or believe I know, because I won't know until I pass over, but what I feel, what I see, um, what I just get downloaded with. Like when my brother passed, I was just like, okay, I just went into meditation and six goodbye. Then he showed up for me. He showed up, we had a little conversation, then it, it was just peace. Even though going to his funeral was not to say goodbye to him because I'd already done that. It was there to be with my family. Right. That's what it was. So um, even, and I know that my mom and my brother were there to meet my, to, my mom and my other brother were there to meet Harold because mm -hmm. I saw them, mm -hmm. you know, I, so, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just like, it just gives so. you such, um, gosh, 
closure. What? Finale. Peace. No, Peace. I, like, well, I was just, I mean, it's just such a refreshing perspective on even using the word transition, which is yeah. so easy to do. And I think a lot of people do it, but don't necessarily mean it in the same way that you just meant it. And there's something very beautiful about it. I agree completely. I used to do, um, when I was doing healing work, I used to go to hospice and do um, Reiki and, and healing on some of the people who were about to transition and they were all the same not all the same, but they were very similar. Like mm -hmm. they would talk to people who weren't in the room, but I could feel the people in the room, the other people mm -hmm. in the room. Like I, the name would pop into my head and then the person would say it. <laughs> like I would hear Rose. And then the, then the person in bed was saying, hi, Rose. So I know this, like I'm feeling this right now, getting, yeah. getting chills. So, um, so, and the same thing with my mom, my mom was doing it. I held her hand when she, when she transitioned and she was doing the same thing. Like I felt my whole ends, my whole ancestral line in the room of matriarchs. Cause my mother was the matriarch of our family. I felt them in the room while my mom was talking to them. So it's, I know. So if, for me, it's like, it'd be awesome if they showed up. <laughs> if they don't show up, it's okay too, because I know that I I need to go do what I yeah. what I do. Maybe your next time you won't be a black person again and you'll have that to look forward to. And I'm just <laughs> you know Because <laughs> it's hard on a black girl. It <laughs> is. I think you. I, no. you already did it a few times. But, <laughs> but check it out. So, so like my clients would ask me about that like it's like in the height of the riots and the you know black lives matters movement back in june and um they would say d can we can i talk to you about this um and so i would say okay so what do you what do you want to know and um they were like how does it feel to to be a black person and particularly a black woman um in the world so what those things did was I know why I chose to be a black woman or to be a black person again, because I am to help, I'm here to help people further their, their evolution. I am here in this body to teach. And this is the right vessel to do it in because as I learn, I teach. Mm -hmm. So I could be this, I'm just, you know, I joke with you guys about being a black person. Like I'm super proud of who I am. And I know we talked about this before, um, before we went live that like, if, is there anything offline? There's absolutely nothing offline because there's not, there's no shame in my life. Like I love who I am. I love, I love the skin I'm in and I'm fabulous every day. <laughs> but without this body, I wouldn't have the perspective that I have to teach my daughter how to love because she wants, she wanted to hate white people. Yeah. She wanted mm -hmm. to hate Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we would have these conversations because it e it's easy for me to go, yes, go ahead and hate because that's what my mother was teaching me. Mm -hmm. But I knew that your demographic needs something more than that. Like the I knew that that wasn't my mission. My mission is to teach love. 
forgiveness, right. kindness, compassion, acceptance. That's what my mission is. But in order for me to know that, I had to have contrast. Like when we talked about that yin yang, mm -hmm. the reason why it's those two different colors is because you don't learn without contrast. Mm -hmm. You have to know the absence of something for you to appreciate it when you get it. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. And how did you how did you come to being so confident and sure that this is your purpose? And that you're right about all of this, <laughs> making it up. <laughs> you know, like other people want to say, oh, she's just making it up, whatever. It's all mm -hmm. this crazy talk. It's like, a journey, it's ladies. It's a journey. So it's, 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 there's not just one thing that happened. It's my life. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> whatever challenge it is that day. You know, I worked through it. I know now at 50 something years old, there's nothing you can put in front of me that I can't overcome. Because you know why? I've done it already. <laughs> yeah. That's where resilience comes in. So it's just like, yeah. yeah. So people go, well, how did you how did you know? I'm just like, I didn't. I just did I just overcame. You keep is every day if I get up and I breathe in and out and I learn something and I can um, re set a goal and I achieve it, then I'm not doing so bad. And if I can help somebody or serve along the way, that's when I'm the most happiest, when I'm serving and when I'm helping people. Because I can have all the riches in the world and sit there and then what would I be? Miserable. Because sure. I'm not serving. Well, the I mean, podcast episode that you did uh -huh. called um, Resilience, what is it? I, um, I have this interesting relationship with resilience because <laughs> um, it ties back to like embarrassment and shame, right? And it's that story that you want to tell yourself or the story that you want to tell others maybe, right? So mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're maybe um, not proud of your background, and you're ashamed of it and you don't want to talk about it, then do you ever, are you ever able to view yourself as a resilient person? Like, how do you, how do you come to that? So resilience and shame, that's good. That's good, Nicole. I love that question. Um, <laughs> so, so let's separate the two. Resilience is different from shame. We, everybody, is resilient or you would have never learned to walk if you have the ability because there's no one telling a baby you can't walk you can't do that you man that's a really great analogy and how many times do kids do the babies fall down thousands yes so if they have it with them to get up and keep doing it then they're resilient so you are resilient you just need to remember that you are resilient that whatever it is you can overcome it and also know that a child will walk because it's something over there that they want <laughs> and walking is more efficient than crawling sure. so what is it that you want that you can do use a more efficient way to get it if you are can't get out of bed you're not getting anything 
if you won't get up and try again, you're never going to get that thing over there. So I would say go back to your humble beginnings when nobody was telling you and beating you down that you can't do it. Then you remember that you're resilient. Now let's go over to the shame part. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's different. Yeah. So the big elephant in the room there. There is a book, another book called uh, Force Versus Power. And the author's last name is Hawkins, and he made the scale. And it's calibrated with vibrations. You know how people say there's good vibes in here? Mm -hmm. We're talking about the vibration of that we emit as energetic beings and the vibration of different things, like a tree vibrates at a different level. Um, alcohol vibrates at a level. Um, weed vibrates at a level. So does guilt, shame, peace, love. All of those things vibrate as, as a, at a different level. So on the scale in his book, and you can Google this too, it's called Hawkins scale. So I, I'm just going to encourage everybody else to go out there. Take at the very out. bottom of the scale is guilt. Guilt. So if we say um, love and above is like 700 to 1,000, shame and guilt, I think shame is like 50. Look how far apart that is. 50. Shame is 20. 20. 20 shame is 20. You see the scale? Yep. Shame yeah. is at shame is, is at 500. Yeah. So if you are connected to any kind of shame, it's hard for you to move up that scale, the evolutionary scale as a as a soul and reach your goals and being feel of being fulfilled as a human being because you're being pulled back down by the shame. It's not worth it. <laughs> Y'all need is, to Google it, this right now. It's not a joke. Google it right now. Look yeah. at the Hawkins scale so you guys can see what we're talking about. So you can get a visual of what she's talking about because it's remarkable. So in that, and also down is the, the, um, the scale is colored. So it's red at the bottom, isn't it? Right. Yep. Okay. So when we were talking about the chakra system earlier, the root chakra is red. That's at the very base of your spine is the, the first chakra. It is security, stability, the right to live. So if, if you are still struggling with those things, then you're going to be still in that energy of shame. You can't even move up to enlightenment, which is at your crown chakra, because you're still struggling with basic your basic needs of so crawling whatever it is that you locked in that closet what did you say sarah like you're still crawling instead of walking you're trying to yeah. learn how to walk yeah you want to be in the flow that of uh, the upper area above love and above they call that the flow you want to yeah. be in that area where there's nothing that anybody can say to you that is going to bring you down because everybody has something that they've, I can say bad words on here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Somebody, everybody has something fucked up in their life. Yeah. Everybody. So why be ashamed of it? When you start t talking about it, Lisa Nichols says you stand 
on your story, not in it. Because mm-hmm. when you stand in it, you're always sinking. Right. But when you stand on it, you are firm with who you are. You're confident and you go, yeah, I used to do, you know, this is not me, but um, people, I used to be ashamed of things that people in my family did. Like, no, I didn't, they weren't even, it's not even shit I did. Right. <laughs> they did. And I was just like, you know, like uh, my brothers were incarcerated, people, you know, with drug problems. My mom was an alcoholic. So um, I was ashamed to tell people those things. And what happened when, it, when people would ask me about my family, I started stuttering. I developed this stutter for three years through, during college, I stuttered because I was trying to be somebody who I wasn't. I was making up stories for the wow. life that I wanted instead, instead of the life that I actually had. So your body had an actual tick and you were lying the entire time? The entire time. And your body was like, this isn't, no, you're wrong. I, it was like, uh, I couldn't get the words out. That's remarkable. Because they weren't, I wasn't speaking my truth, which is the throat chakra. Yeah. So that really, my throat chakra was really affected because I had all of the shame. So I, the lies that I was trying to tell weren't even, <laughs> it was just <laughs> not even worth it. So hopefully right. that helps people when, when, if you put it in perspective, like if when you die, people will decide whether they're gonna come to your funeral or not based on the weather. Yeah. So, if it's raining and people are not going to come to your funeral, it's like, it's raining, I'm not going to go. Then why do you care what they think when you're alive? Do you? Right, right. And um, Sarah and I have talked about this a little bit. So, I mean, Sarah, you can chime in. But, you know, mom guilt and mom shame is all like pe- other people putting that on you because they're embarrassed of you or your behavior or whatever. Like that that I did not um, really address until probably my 30s. <laughs> yeah, we're still getting there. <laughs> you, do yeah, you mean shame from your mother saying you should do this or shame that you have as a parent? Um, no, no, not me as a parent because I don't actually have any children. Mm-hmm. But didn't do We didn't do that to anybody or ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Conscious decision on my part. <laughs> yeah. However, I mean, you can speak to both scenarios. Just don't fit <laughs> us, but um, but no, more like other family members or parental figures who then are implying guilt or shame onto children or younger yeah. members, right? Like the or religion. Figures. Religion does the same thing. Yeah, I can't stand it. <laughs> That's a lot of my issues right there. Those root yeah. causes, and it's the the, the sickening thing is a lot of the trauma or root causes, whatever we're going to call them from that, like, you know, um, the religious arena that I was in, I unconsciously kept like collected all of that. I wasn't paying attention. I know I wasn't paying attention because I didn't retain any of it, Yeah. but there are still things that were driven into me that are innate now where I'm like, Oh, why are you thinking like that? That's not real. That's not, don't be worried about that. That's not a big deal. Like sometimes I'll have to audibly talk to myself to yeah. get my out of that like habit of well if somebody's gonna do this and I should probably just do this it's like no yeah no so I tell the story that when I was seven years old I until I was seven I think around eight or nine I I I just let go of it but I 
I grew up in fear. Like I always thought I was going to hell. Yeah. So yeah. how's it being a seven year old afraid that you're going to go to hell? Like right. I didn't, it's like, I can't across. If I cross the street, I will get hit by a car and I will go to hell because I'm not good enough. Right. I'm not good enough for Jesus to love me or God to love me. That's horrible. A way to. That um, is heavy. Way, it is for a kid for, who yeah, doesn't really understand it. But that's what parents do to their kids too. If you don't do this, then you are not lovable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the control at, they're trying yes. to control somebody's behavior, yeah. obviously. Yep. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> we both, pardon me, have been experiencing yeah. like in our early thirties, like how do we let go of the authoritative expectations and the reality of what is really truly happening because you know we don't i don't think until now i personally gave myself the power to be myself yeah somebody was always watching me from above yeah i was being watched or monitored <laughs> or, yeah you know like oh if you litter you're gonna go to hell so i yeah i literally never litter because i'm afraid of going to hell still <laughs> i know somebody I know. is watching me still like that's a problem right not saying I should litter, so in in, in religion and also in parenting, there's this dichotomy. It's just like God loves you, but He hates you because He will send you to hell. Your parents love you, but they don't approve of you. And if you don't do this thing, that you will never be lovable. So that this thing that we're always struggling with as these little human beings, because um, we don't understand what our parents and religion is trying to get us to do they're trying to get us to conform and many times they're just using tactics that they learned and they don't understand the the effect that it really has on the psyche because at seven you learn skills that you that you use again at 15 and 25 and 35 and you're using kid logic that's running your life. So it's, it's not the best way to do. So how do you let go of that? I don't know. <laughs> so, so this is what I help people do. I help them figure out what it is that they want. And so we go through this process of, and this is the five thing, five, six things, understanding that your parents, we're going to talk about parents, that our parents were doing the best they could with the skills and the resources that they had at that time. Now, they may be better parents now because they have more experience and years under their belt. But if you had a parent who had you at 25, what does a 25-year-old know? Nothing. No. I mean, they know what a 25-year-old... Say it again, Sarah. (laughs) The best kinds of booze and the greatest deals at the bar. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how that's going to help a kid grow up, but that's maybe what they know. Thanks. So it's just like, so understanding that, like what your parents said to you and, or did to you was not to hurt you. It was to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. And you just got caught up in it. Yeah. It's not about you. It's not that. about you. It's like, I love that co- it's like my favorite thing to say right now. It's like, not about you guy. Not at all about you. Yeah, it's, much it's about yeah because you're trying to figure out how to find comfort in yourself. Yeah, so that's so that's the first thing is understanding that is saying that. So everybody say this with me. My parents were doing. My, my parents, parents were doing the best they could. 
the best, best they could. With the skills and the resources. With the with skills the, and the resources. They had at that time. They had at that time. Okay. You don't have to like it, but just understand it. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> the next thing is accepting. So accepting that you may have wanted a different kind of parent, but you're never going to get it. Mm-hmm. You may have wanted your parents to do something different and parent you in a different way, but it's never going to happen because you can never go back and change anything. So the acceptance is that's what I had and this is what I got. Right. So accepting that if you keep wishing that it was going to be different then you, then you will have, that's the energy of suffering. So mm-hmm. and you're thing, wasting your time. You are, you are. Like quit. <laughs> yeah. So what I asked, what I've asked people to say then is um, the, it's this, a saying, and this came from Abraham Hicks. Um, the wishing, well, I'm not saying it right, but you can wishing wish in that and shit in the other and see what comes out first. I know that. No, one. <laughs> no I don't think Abraham Hicks says that it is um, the energy, the energy of, um, oh, I'm sorry. Resistance to what is causes suffering. Resistance to what is causes suffering. So if you're always resisting that, like I was resisting that my mother was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I was resisting that, you know, I grew up the way that I did. I didn't want people to know that. So that's caused me suffering because I was like, why couldn't I have that? Why didn't, she, wasn't she this way? Why wasn't I? So that, so that second part is let go of the resistance to what is and accept what is. So that's number two. Number three is to have compassion. So I usually go through, especially when you're blaming somebody for where you are right now, you're blaming them for hurting you, or you have a victim mentality in some way. And some people have legitimate um, reasons to say, you know, you did some fucked up shit to me and I'm, I'm hating you for the rest of my life. Some people yeah. say that, but it hurts them. It hurts them. Yeah. So, it's a lot of energy to hate somebody. It takes a lot of energy. Okay, so y'all have me on your podcast later and again, and I'll I have a whole nother segment about hate and <laughs> just what you said, Sarah, about the energy that it takes because it breaks, because that's how I got cancer. Yeah. It breaks I, your body down because it doesn't come from source. It has to come from you. You make the energy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So well, and the, one thing that, there, one good thing out of 2020 was that, um, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but I feel like I did a better job of coming from a place of compassion because we were all in a bad situation and all watching things unfold. And so I was um, a lot less tough on myself and others. So (laughs) I think other people were compassionate and empathetic where before they were um, apathetic. Because mm-hmm. it's like, if it doesn't affect me, I don't have to think about it. Right. That's how most people go through life. There's just like, yeah, I know those are those people over there. They're dealing with that. It doesn't affect me. So they think, and especially when it has to do with race, it's just like, I'm not a racist, but you're not doing anything to stop it mm-hmm. because it doesn't affect you. Yeah. It's like the all cops are bastards, the ACAB 
I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but in the mm-hmm. like the lowbrow community, and I would I shouldn't say well lowbrow art community and uh, of the likes, the people are the like maybe lower poverty and levels. Mm-hmm. Consider all cops to be bastards, no matter what, because they stick together even when they're wrong. And so even if the cop is a good dude and you know he does his thing or she does her thing, whatever, at the end of the day, they're still a police and they're still supporting a, a group of people who are maybe making the wrong decisions. Yep. So. Because they're bro- their fraternity. Yeah. That's, and they, they stick together and that's, you know, that's what they do. However, not all cops are bad. No. But they may be complicit because they don't speak up and speak out. Precisely. So the, you know, and so, but for us regular lay people who don't have a uniform to enforce other people's behavior, we just ignore it. Mm-hmm. We just so so we have this okay I ignore it until it affects you right when things start affecting you then you start going oh oh what's what's going on now what, what can I do why didn't I know about this well so, now you have a game so you have something to be worried about yeah because when the fear creeps in then it gets real mm-hmm. it's just like oh something's knocking at my door so when we go back to compassion um, instead of having blame, blaming people, I say step into those shoes because pa- compassion has two components. It's stepping into the shoes with a sense of love. It's like, have you ever had the experience of hurting somebody, whether intentionally or unintentionally? Have you ever experienced something that was similar to that? And people will come back and say, well, I would never want to kill anybody. I'm just like, not even for a second, you never had a thought that you would ever want to kill somebody. I know I have. And no, I actually, I was like, okay, I'm going to kill them. Like, and especially I could think about it now. So you touch my daughter, it's on. I'm going, <laughs> I'm just like, I just like, no, it's, I'm going to jail. Just right. or hell. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Making a joke. <laughs> yep. If I'm taking it life, that's probably, come on, devil, you and me. Can you help me with this murder first? <laughs> there were a couple of years that I didn't recycle, so I already know I got a spot in hell. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take a, a killing somebody or going to jail, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. I don't recycle, so sue me. <laughs> It's just like there are far worse trends. Um, uh, what do you call them? Trends. When you do transgressions, then recycling. So I think you're safe. <laughs> However, and I'm on could, the recycle trade now. You can have a a, um, a conversation with Gaia, Mother Earth, and right. ask her about that. She's I, really upset right now. Anyways, that's why she's she's. Well, I'm doing everything I can now to save the turtles. So. You know, it's a species. <laughs> There's a couple of species. Don't laugh, Sarah. <laughs> no, it's not funny. I just saw yeah. today Biden yeah. and Trump agreed to remove the executive order to protect gray wolves. And it blows my mind. Why is that even an agenda item? Leave it be. <laughs> why are we wasting our time on these things? <laughs> on on wildlife? Yeah. Well, I mean, like... The administration is um, looking because because people things. care about it because right. they're part of this ecosystem. Okay, so I, I have to I have to talk say that Sarah. I know that it's not 
important for some people, be, but they are created beings. So hold on. And they're part <laughs> of an ecosystem that when you take out one, there's a big hole. Each, each, each beast and being that's been created works with the other. And my point was, why yeah. are we removing that protection order? Leave it in place. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't oh, saying, oh I thought you were like, you let's know, focus let's... on other more important things like the coronavirus and leave the fact that the wolves need to be protected as it is. Leave them protected. Yeah, that was my point. But I, and, and I, I, I think there's some people it. think that there's, there's, we're wasting money on that. I so I, all right, so I'm just sending love to those people because <laughs> they don't understand oh, that every, everybody needs everybody. We're all connected. Everything is connected. Yeah. But if you're living in those lower three chakras, you just don't get it. You don't feel it. You yeah. don't see that we're all connected. It doesn't matter what your skin color is, or even if you're um, an animal, or right. bug because it's it all makes this go and the here's here's another thing the planet doesn't need us <laughs> the planet with the animals doesn't need human beings to carry on right all of us can be wiped out and the and gaia would be just as happy flourishing without us but mm -hmm. we're so arrogant that we think that we are the king of beasts that that we are the the be all and that we own everything. I actually just this week heard, and I don't even remember the source, it was in chat passing that there is now some stuff out there about how humans, we are not the only species version of us, like within our species or versions of us. And this version of human was so aggressive towards the other humans they decided to wipe out the population because they were king. Mm. Have you heard I that? Heard some, I have heard that before. <gasps> and if you also, if you read like the, the second book that I was telling you about, The Destiny of Soul, it talks about that a little bit, that there are, um, and that's what we're saying, on, on this planet, this is who we, who we incarnate into. But there's other places that souls go, not just here. This is, but they all say that this is the hardest place to be. Yeah, I bet vibing out with the aliens is a good time, though. <laughs> well, but we really came circle <laughs> because yeah. we started and ended on the same notes. <laughs> so uh, we're going to transition into at a girl time and say something that we're proud of ourselves about. Um, or something good that's happened and um, you know coach D will come to you last we won't put you on the spot even though it's pretty much your entire life it sounds like um, <laughs> will last at least eight years or so right, right. <laughs> you know a girl had to learn sometime <laughs> so for me um, there there's been this like underlying kind of um i i need to uh assert my voice but not in the same way that i normally do because mm -hmm. um i don't know if you could tell but i can be very sarcastic and very much a smart ass and it doesn't always bode well so um i <laughs> 
Sarah's like, mm-mm. Yeah, people don't get it. Some people don't see her playful side, so they don't realize that sometimes she's not all in with the seriousness because she's yeah. got poker face, like, whoa. So yeah. sometimes people look at me, I'm like, yeah yeah so i yes i mean i suppose there could be other people are misinterpreting my my facial expressions with my words or whatever but um in the spirit of perception in the spirit of using my voice in a more positive way um about i don't know three times last week during work things where like stuff was sort of like getting dumped on me or coming my way. I was like, I'm, I'm only one person guys. I'm only one person. Like I'm doing the best that I can, you know, I, I, it'll get prioritized. Like, um, you know, instead of coming back with like some maybe smart ass remark or something, I actually was like, Hey, maybe they'll really hear me. (laughs) (laughs) If I say, you know, there's this really would be enough stuff for like a whole other job, but you know, I'm only one person. <laughs> so I'm going to write this word on here. Okay. That nobody could see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That, that you're really building the anticipation here. Okay. So before. <laughs> And this is just my job, guys. This is what yeah. this, is what, I, this is what I do. Yeah. So you you said to use sarcasm and you didn't really use your voice. And that's a version of that. Oh, yeah. passive aggression. <laughs> yeah. But what you've turned it into was assertive. Yeah. 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 So so assertive is the most effective type of communication, Nicole. So I'm going to go. Thank you. And snaps and you get Z formation and all of that. You oh, get it all. Wow. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, can we just have you on every week just for the add a girl part so that you can. Add a girl. Yeah. Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big deal. I mean, really, it's a big deal, isn't it? It, it is. Really is. It is. It is. So, yeah, I, um, I have to work at it. It's not easy for me. So it's a big deal. And uh, same kind of the same boat. Nicole and I have the same weird things that we do that are like we're trying to work on because I have I'm a, ve- a very assertive person, but in a different way. I'm brash. I don't associate emotion with my professionalism. It's my professional job. Uh-huh. So I'm emotional about it. Um, and I understand that other people will get kind of worked up maybe, or, um, view me as in a certain way. And so I've tried to really kind of dial back that like aggressive stance and sort of tried to work in a more, like a softer approach on how I'm trying to like bring things to people's attentions. And, you know, I recognize they may not know the whole story or background. So I'm trying to have more patience with their questions that they ask me. And, um, I'm, I'm literally reliving a job that I had a few years ago in this role, kind of encountering the same issues and I'm handling them in a different way because I'm not being supported like I was. And I'm learning a lot about myself in the process. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it is I don't have patience for other people because I already know what they're going to say. 
And I don't know why I have that problem yet, but I know I need to work on it. So even if I know, like you have the feeling somebody's going to do something, say something, whatever, I have that same thing where I'm like, I already know what this person's going to tell me. I don't want to pay attention. I can't pay attention. I have no time to pay attention. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> it's like watching a movie. It's a role for me. I can't stand it. So I'm, I'm really learning how to hear people in a different light, take it in, and then try to like interact with them while I do it. I don't know. It's a whole process. It's a process. Yeah. So is been- that your Atta Girl? This yeah. Week? Yep. That's my, this week's Atta Girl is that um, I'm practicing patience and conversation and mostly trying to um, approach things in a softer, uh, not I know more than you way which is difficult for me because I never like to approach it and be like, I know more than you. You're wrong. That's not me at all. I'm always like casual about it. Like, Oh, did you consider this potentially? But, um, that lens for people to kind of like back out. Um, and so I'm pivoting. Can I give you a tip? 100%. (laughs) So if you think of yourself as a teacher, isn't that what teachers do? Yes. But teach the same thing. That's the problem. But you gotta be, you, you, you gotta be really, um, finessed with it, Sarah. And, and I have a feeling you're really good at that. I certainly am. The problem is I am an agent of change, if you will. That's my role in my industry. I bring disruption to processes and people and teams, even if they don't want it sometimes. And so right now I'm in that, in that weird gray, space where this team is trying to understand um what it is they're being asked to do but they're not trying to do it the right way and it's being it's become a very interesting environment to work in where people respect my knowledge and they know what i bring to the table Mm -hmm. well i don't know if they respect it they just may know what i bring to the table but they don't understand what it is i bring to the table so they don't have respect for it i guess that's a good way to put it so it's been kind of like a situation where I'm put in um, a group of people and they never asked for me. And then I'm telling them this is kind of how things are now. And everybody's like, who are you? You just got here. And I'm like, but really, this is how it is. Trust me, it's going to happen. It's And now it's starting to trickle in, come down. And so I'm. So when I say that you are a teacher, it doesn't matter if the students are willing or not. And uh, they- They look at me like I'm a false authority figure. So I've been told several times in the past that when I speak to people, I I sometimes speak to them um, as if they're not intelligent. Like I'm a teacher and they're a dumb student. I I wouldn't recommend doing that. (laughs) That never goes well. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I do try to take like the, I try to take like a facilitator role where I'm facilitating support, facilitating people's knowledge and help and everything else. And I used yeah. to be the teacher role. I used to try to be like, I'm teaching you. I'm authority. I'm teaching. But really, that's not how it's working for me. So. Yeah. So, so again, my tip is, and I want you to hear me on this. You are a teacher. <laughs> so, so hear me out. You are a teacher and, and you're there for a specific role because you, you, are, you want people to move from here to here you it's your job to get them to where they don't want to be 
And so you're going to keep, because this is something you do all the time, you're going to keep hearing those same kind of objections. Mm -hmm. So you have to get good at overcoming those objections because they're part of your job. They're part of you being a teacher. Just like I'm a teacher. I hear the same objections from my clients over and over. And guess what? I'm good at letting them say whatever they want to say, then I bring them right back to what I just said to you. Sarah, you're a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I know. If she would have just listened 10 minutes ago, honestly. (laughs) You're a teacher and you have students that aren't ready yet. But you know, you can see where they're going to be before they do. And your job is to be with them support them. I, I don't even know what you do, but it's, but if you were a teacher, this is what you do. Support them until they are ready because there'll be a breaking point where they surrender to your authority. That I think is a other weird part of this situation. Yeah. My personal life, yes, on board. My professional life, it's my job could go away. I got to really toe the line sometimes here and there. So I agree with you. So, Coach D, before this turns it into a higher session to help Sarah, <laughs> and we've lost all of our listeners because they don't have the same exact oh. issue, um, what is your <laughs> attagirl? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Goodness. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm grateful every day for for one step closer to whatever it is I'm supposed to do. It is, so it's hard for me to come up with, I reached this goal, because I've been setting goals my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, I just remember doing that. So um, this, I always have some class I'm teaching, I'm speaking someplace or um, overcoming something. So this is something that happened in my life. Um, so I was talking to you guys about feng shui earlier. Yes. I don't know if this is an add a girl or not, um, but so I work with a feng shui master who um, works with Chinese New Year that starts in February. So she looked at my chart and said, D, um, it will be challenging for you, but here's some things that you can do. And the things that she asked me to do were like, switch your bed this way, move your office. Like I moved out of my, my home office to another room. So this is the lovely background that I have now. So um, because the space, the energy in there was unusable for this year. So instead of going, hey, why do I have to do that? I accepted it because I know she knows her craft, just like I know mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, and this is a hundred percent at a girl. I don't know why you were questioning it. I mean, you were proactive and even doing this in the first place. Hell, sometimes some weeks we just give ourselves at a girls for doing our laundry. So, I mean, bravo to that. you the snap. <laughs> snaps for D. Snaps for D. I did it. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole, for reminding that. Um, that I'm supposed to celebrate the small successes and the small wins too. So thank you. Oh yeah. You're a really yeah. good teacher. Oh, <laughs> you both are really good teachers. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So tell everybody where they can find you or get information. I know you've got um, a couple of free resources um, mm-hmm. online. So how can someone get in touch? So if you are interested in past life regression, because we talked, we 
you know, we, we uh, used a big portion talking about that. You can just um, go to D war. Nope, that has changed. Go to San Antonio hypnosis.com San Antonio hypnosis.com. And there's a, a place where you can do to get a consultation for the past life regression. I love doing those. Those are super fun to guide people through those. If you are someone who's struggling with fear and anxiety, I have a free workshop called kick fear in the face. And it's a three, uh, three, three module workshop. It has a lot of good tips in there about fear because people I have, people are just full of anxiety and it stops them from reaching their full potential. So I put together this workshop. And if you want a daily dose of mindset up level of information, inspiration and motivation, I have a membership called Mind Shift Membership. And you can get there by going to msm.dwoolrich.com and you get like I said, a daily dose of goodness. So check it out. I'm here for that. I just yeah. sound like a radio, uh, like here, check it out. I sound like a commercial, but that's what <laughs> I do. I, I was trying to put things together where I can serve the most people. Yeah. yeah. And um, you have little helpful tidbits on your Instagram as too, on your Instagram. Yeah. You know yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Instagrammy. Yeah, so they <laughs> I am a Grammy. I'm a Grammy. <laughs> Congratulations. So, Thank you. Yeah. So they can it's find like you on Instagram at D Woolridge. Yeah. Um, and your website is dwoolridge.com. Yeah. And um, <laughs> if they like what they heard today, they can rate, subscribe, review, comment. Um, you know, please go find D in her um, various ways that she can help you because this just even this time that we've had together, um, I think Sarah and I have each learned something and have walked away with like fuller knowledge about other things. And so um, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, it was thanks. such a pleasure. It was so much fun so much fun. I loved being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, people can find us on Instagram, too, at, at uh, homance underscore chronicles. And then um, on Facebook, we have a closed group where we share extra naughty bits and stuff. And so that's the Homance Chronicles, a judgment-free zone. And I think that's everything, right? You believe that is it. All right. <laughs> Homance out. <laughs>